Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Sports Time Machine here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. I'm Anna Kagaragis, and each week we head down memory lane as I take you back in time and remember some of the greatest moments in sports history. Leave your flux capacitor at home. All you need to do is subscribe to the show on iTunes or any of your other favorite directories like Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Now we're trying something a little bit new. I'll be looking at the week as a whole at some of the most interesting and even obscure moments in sports history. So let's step into the sports time machine. Rhodes? Where we're going, we don't need Rhodes. On March 8th in 1930, Babe Ruth signed a two-year contract for $160,000. New York Yankees general manager at the time, Ed Barrow, predicted that no one will ever be paid more than Ruth. Obviously, looking at what some players are making now, Mr. Barrow couldn't have been more wrong. In 2021, free agent pitcher Trevor Bauer agreed to a three-year deal with the Dodgers for $102 million. Just a wee bit higher than the Bambino's deal. Now let's also take inflation into the account. If you convert $160,000 from 1930 to what it's valued at today in 2021, that comes out to $2.5 million. Now Ruth making $2.5 million a year now would be considerably lower than what your average MLB star would make today, let alone one of the greatest baseball players ever. Here's another fun way to look at it. The Yankees' 26-man payroll in 2021 is estimated at just under $179 million. Imagine if each player on the Yankees made $160,000. The entire roster would come out to $4.16 million, the lowest MLB payroll is the Cleveland Indians at $40.3 million. Also happening on March 8th, in 1971, Joe Frazier ended Muhammad Ali's 31-fight win streak in an event billed as the fight of the century. Both fighters were undefeated, and it was broadcast live to an international television audience. Ali was suspended from boxing for three years after refusing to serve in the Vietnam War. But let's hear sound from that fight. Frazier has the man in the corner. Ten seconds. Five seconds. We'll have an interview with the winner and maybe with the loser. There it is. Round and go. I'm going to show you that last one. Nine to six for Frazier. Frazier is the winner. Frazier is the winner. Correct. Eleven rounds for Frazier. Four rallies. The Replay it again and show it to you again. There it goes, that left hook. Look at it. A tremendous left hook. 
Up to that point, Ali had made a strong comeback. There he goes down on his back. That left hook. A unanimous decision in favor of Joe Frazier. Now, that night was a star-studded affair with celebrities galore like Woody Allen, Diana Ross, Dustin Hoffman, Barbara Streisand, Sammy Davis Jr., and Frank Sinatra. Now, here's the interesting thing about Sinatra in the audience. The singer was a photography hobbyist and had actually secured a deal with Life magazine to take pictures of the fight. How he actually achieved that is still uncertain. It was rumored that even with his connections and influence, he was unable to secure a place in the front row. So what did he do? He approached Ralph Graves, the managing editor of Life, to work for the magazine as a guest photographer. Graves insisted later that Sinatra was always going to be at the fight and was always planning on bringing a camera with him. For our pictures of the action, we were relying on the magazine pool of photographers at ringside, but it never hurts to have a horseshoe in your glove. Now, four of Sinatra's pictures were used by Life to illustrate the fight, including what ended up being the front cover shot. One former Life staff photographer wrote a scathing letter to the magazine, saying, quote, Sirs, I am so mad I could chew nails and spit tacks. I have been a professional news photographer for 34 years, 18 on life staff. And what irks me is your cover. It was obviously selected because Frank Sinatra took it, rather than for any photographic excellence. In fact, it was a bad picture. What millions of life readers wanted was to see Frazier's fist firmly implanted against Muhammad Ali's mouth. Now, Sinatra said later, I got some good pictures, but... I kept watching Frazier putting his head too far out for Ali to punch it. He was defying Ali, and I said to the newspaper guy next to me, he may win, but if he keeps that up, he's going to the hospital taking all those punches. Well, he was right. Frazier did win, but had to receive hospital treatment over the following month, suffering from hypertension and kidney problems. Ali was also taken to the hospital straight after the fight for treatment on his badly swollen jaw. Jumping to March 9th, in 2002, NHL legend Joe Sackick played career game number 1,000. Now, during the Olympic break in 2002, he was named the MVP of the Winter Games in Salt Lake City as Canada won the gold medal. On December 11th of the 2002-2003 season, he scored his 500th career goal at Vancouver. Forsberg had the puck go off his skate. Sackick... Hey, Duke, back to Morris. Look at the room he's got. Passes, Sackick shoots, he scores! There's 500 for Joe Sackick, and it's a 2-1 game. And the crowd here standing ovation for Joe Sackick, and there's his mom and dad. That's a wonderfully appreciative Vancouver crowd that gives Joe Sackick a standing ovation in his hometown while he plays for the road team in scoring his 500th NHL goal. March 10th, in 1963, Wilt Chamberlain of the San Francisco Warriors scored 70 points against Syracuse, a number that seems astronomical and unbeatable in today's standards. But that game was just another walk in the park for the Hall of Famer. As a year earlier, on March 2nd in 1962, he scored a ridiculous 100 points against the New York Knicks. But let's head even further back 
to the 19th century. March 11, 1892, the first public basketball game was played in Springfield, Massachusetts at the Armory Hill YMCA. In a romp, the students bested the teachers 5-1. to one. The game was actually created a few months earlier by Dr. James Naismith. He was an assistant physical education director and was looking for a new winter activity. He called it a simple game, often saying that basketball is just a game to play. It doesn't need a coach. You don't coach basketball. You just play it. Originally, there were nine players on each team. Dr. Naismith said that once there could have been up to 40 on each team if the floor was big enough. So two vegetable baskets were nailed to the railing of an elevated running track, which is about 10 feet high. The ball was a soccer ball. Now, of course, it was a pain just to get up on the stepladder every time someone scored a basket, so they decided to cut a hole in the basket. A local carpenter actually added a wire rim with a chicken wire net and backboards so that fans who were reaching over the railing couldn't deflect the shots. I think we can say that over the years, the game has changed a bit. It's now a global brand, and coaches like Greg Popovich would probably tell you that coaching is a little more important than what the good doctor could have imagined. In 1986, the NFL adopted the instant replay rule, a rule that is in place and has become vital in the outcome of many games. Now, not too far back, just last year in 2020, the NBA suspended its season after Utah Jazz center Rudy Gobert tested positive for COVID-19. Breaking news here on CBS Sports HQ, and it is monster news. The NBA has suspended the season after Rudy Gobert has tested positive for coronavirus. Now, that's video from Monday at a press conference when Gobert was trying to joke around about the overreaction to the virus touching every mic and recorder in sight. And now he has contracted the coronavirus himself. The Jazz and Thunder were scheduled to play a game tonight. That game was postponed. Now the NBA season has been postponed. The following day on March 12th, the NHL announced its decision to pause the 2019-20 season due to the COVID-19 pandemic. March 14th, 2003, Bob Euchre, the Brewers TV radio play-by-play announcer, was chosen to be inducted into the broadcaster's wing of the Hall of Fame as a recipient of the Ford C. Frick Award. The former backup catcher was a member of the Milwaukee's broadcast crew since 1971 but is best known for the humor he has brought to the game through his starring role in the cult classic Major League, but also the Miller Lite beer commercials. Maybe this will ring a bell. You know, one of the best things about being an ex-big leaguer is getting freebies to the game. Call the front office, bingo. And once these fans recognize me, I probably won't even have to pay for my light beer from Miller. Down it! <laughs> I love them. These fans know I drink light because it's less filling and it tastes great. Good seats, huh? You're in the wrong shape, buddy. Come on. Oh, I must be in the front come on, row. Come on, come on, come on. Light beer from Miller. Everything you always wanted in a beer and less. Good seats, hey, buddy. He missed the tag. He missed the tag. Must be in the front row became a famous cry in ballparks all around the country. And now let's send a little happy birthday message. Happy birthday to Heinz Ward, Adana Foyle, Burke Campanaris, Becky Hammond, happy International Women's Day as well, eight-time All-Star outfielder Daryl Strawberry, and of course, Steph Curry, who was born in Akron, Ohio. 
And on a personal note, happy birthday to my husband, Paul. Some other interesting things that happened this week in history. In 1967, Pink Floyd released their first single, Arnold Lane. And in 1997, Paul McCartney became Sir Paul McCartney after he was knighted by Queen Elizabeth II. Well, that will do it for today. Thank you again for listening to Sports Time Machine. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate Sports Time Machine on iTunes. We're available on all your other favorite directories as well, like Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find the show at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Anna Kagadakis and on Instagram at Anna Kags. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Well, time flies when you're having fun. Thanks for heading down memory lane with me. I'm Anna Kagadakis, and we'll talk soon. I must be in the front row. He missed the tag! He missed the tag! Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.